Hey, friends, we are finishing up this series. Uh, real, get real, get real. That's the name of the series. I almost forgot for a second. But uh, it's, it's been really just an incredible journey. I hope you've grown in your faith. Uh, we did all kinds of fun stuff. We had our first video that crossed 1,000 views in this very series. Uh, we also streamed live on more than one occasion. Once with a friend of ours who plans tours to the Mount Sinai. So uh, we've covered a lot of ground. All of that is culminating today where we're taking a look at the most important event in human history, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and how we know that that is a for real deal. So uh, you're going to want to tune in for this. Uh, I I think you're going to be encouraged by your faith, and we want to finish strong here. Let's go. Okay, friends. Well, uh, I am so excited to introduce my co-host and partner in crime as usual. Oh, no, that's not him. This is our guest for today. This is the... <laughs> See? I was uh, faking you out there, buddy. What do you think about that, Mr. Right. Mr. Anthony Lanzo? Huh? I'll give you another round of applause. Go for it, yeah? Anthony. That's him. Poor Anthony guy. Lanzo. So, uh, so before I get to my uh, lovely, regular guest... Mr. Lovely. Don Medicus, he's lovely. Lovely? Yeah, he's got a lovely voice there. Uh, Mr. Anthony Lanzo, we're so excited to have you on the show today. That's yeah, right. And uh, n- not necessarily freshly baptized, but uh, but recently baptized. When you're an adult, re- re- recently can be years. Yeah. When you're an adult. Right. So, But it's just a couple months ago. I think it was a month ago. Uh, I think it was a couple months ago. He's still drying off with a towel. <laughs> yeah. I actually still have the towel. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. But uh, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Amen. So, um, do you want to tell us just something special about yourself? Oh. Um, do I look at, yeah. Um, <laughs> How old are you? Oh, 14. He's Mr. Mr. Anthony Lanzo is 14 and a half. He's got a Mr. couple Anthony. of cool parents. What are your parents' names? Uh, Deanna and James. All right. And uh, you want to say hi to them and wave to the camera? Sup, mom. Sup, dad. But you have special names for them, don't you? Isn't it mom and dud? Uh, you? So I switched my mom's name on my phone to Mother Dearest. Ah. So, but I actually call her Ma. So sup, Ma. I see. Sup, dud. Because I actually do call him dud. I like it. Okay. Well, that's cool, man. So uh, Anthony is actually friends with my son, Jake, and uh, he's been over the house many times here. And uh, we, we like that you identify yourself with the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus. That's what baptism is, man. Mm-hmm. So uh, pretty cool to see a young person be a Christ follower. And uh, he really wanted to be on the show. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. I was. Big, he wanted to, he yeah. wanted to appear. He wanted, he wanted to be a local celebrity. Yep. Yeah, I know. So uh, yeah, we're all, we're all for it, and I th- I think it's really cool. Um, actually, glad to have you here today because it's it's cool just to get a young person fresh, a fresh perspective, mm-hmm. uh, fresh blood, fresh blood. And so you've heard his voice several times already in the show. So I will introduce the one and only Mister Don Medicus. Hi, Patsy. Hello there. Hello there. So um, yeah, um, 
Mr. Don will, uh, he'll bring a chain in one day. I yes. really, I really believe that with my whole heart, right? Yes. I have it in the garage, actually. I like that. So, uh, we'd, we'd appreciate that. Yeah. So basically today we are going to talk about the resurrection of Christ. So I want to jump right into the topic, um, and, and just kind of, just kind of get at this thing. I was reading an article from the gospel coalition. And when we talk about, excuse me, my iPhone wants to see my face. There we go. Okay. <laughs> now it's working. Um, the Gospel Coalition. So this is on thegospelcoalition.com. They you know, write lots of articles on biblical topics and things like that. Uh, this is a kind of a big deal, right? Don? I think so. I mean, uh, when we talk about the resurrection of Jesus, I mean, it's kind of a, kind of a big deal. Why, why would you say this is a big deal, Don? Because without that, we wouldn't be saved. Yeah, 100%. There's no way. I mean, anybody can die on a cross, and a lot did. Yeah. But to actually be raised from the dead? Yeah. Just one. Right. Yeah. Amen. Um, kind of a big deal. So it's it's really, it's a big deal for a plethora of yeah. reasons. Uh, but it, it's the fulfillment of scripture, all these different things. But I mean, also, you know, I don't know if you ever heard the, the C.S. Lewis analogy, where you have to take one of three stances on Jesus as a person. Um, you have to either assume, because he made a lot of truth claims about himself, about God, and, and so on. So you have to either assume that Jesus was a liar, mm-hmm. so either he knew the, the truth and uh, you know, maliciously led people astray, or you have to uh, call him a lunatic. Mm-hmm. In other words, he was crazy and he didn't realize what he was doing. Or he's Lord. Mm-hmm. Jesus is Lord. Um, I'll go with the third one. Yeah, and and so I, I think we will on this show here. So uh, so, but if you think about the resurrection and, and um, think about it as a historical event, historical fact, it's very important to our faith as Christians. And I think a lot of people don't think about the idea of a truth claim. If Jesus said he was God, if we're saying that the Bible is true, then it means that other accounts, other events aren't true. Mm-hmm. You can't have two truths or ten truths. The idea of ten truths means that uh, the concept of truth doesn't exist. If there's more than one truth, then right. truth doesn't exist because truth is a truth. Um, you can kind of kind of liken it to a scientific law, you know, like gravity, things uh, that we know, at least in the known universe, seem to exist and operate in a under a certain set of principles and so on but but this is just i think overall today a topic that's misunderstood because you know i've heard people say you need to live out your truth um you know that's true for you but this is my truth well really correct me if i'm wrong on this but we're sort of delving into the realm of opinion Mm -hmm. at that point we're not really talking about truth when someone says this is my truth and that is your truth right this is really just what I think. This is my opinion. That's what you mean by that. But if we're talking about something that's actually true, then it means that it's true no matter what. There is right. no uh, ifs, ands, or but, buts about it. <laughs> right, Anthony? Oh, right. <laughs> so, uh, so this idea of truth, I mean, it's true no matter what. And, you know, in, a, I guess, a postmodern context, I throw a big word at you there, um, it's just something that's misunderstood. You can't have your truth and my truth and somebody else's truth. There's the truth. And uh, there is one truth by which we will all be judged one day. That is the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And his death 
for our sins and his resurrection from death. If you're looking at this as a historical event, then a true event, then we've got to be able to explain why we think it's true. So I wanted to take a look at this article from the Gospel Coalition. They list actually 10 reasons why uh, these are just pieces of evidence for the resurrection, that it's a true event mm-hmm. and not just something that we believe in. Sometimes people say, yes, I believe in this, but uh, aren't necessarily uh, walking in the idea of truth. So uh, so here we go. Without any further ado, I want to throw these at you and then we can discuss. Uh, you are free to formulate your own opinion on the truth that I'm about to share with you right now. So... Um, how do we know that Jesus r- was raised from the dead? We should have some uh, explanation as to why we believe what we believe. And if the resurrection of Jesus is so important to who we are as people, then we should be able to say, well, this is why we think what we think. So that's basically what I'm giving you right now. The first of which is there are four ancient biographies of Jesus. Okay, so we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, Mr. Lanzo, do you know what a biography is? Um, it's a description of oneself. Ooh, I think. yeah, 100%, man. Yeah. Way to go. Poland's doing a good job with their educational system, man. They get two thumbs up from me. <laughs> it is a, a biography is basically a self, um, it's, it's your own account, mm-hmm. you know, a biography. You've written a... Uh, a biography. So, uh, b- basically, um, these are descriptions of uh, someone else's life. It's it's a true account, a true story, and we see biographies in our own culture mm-hmm. that we receive as truth. Right. Y- you might read a biography on George Washington, right? Right. You might read a biography with name somebody that's popular today, Mr. Lanzo. Oh. Um. Kanye. Kanye. So you you may read a biography on Kanye. Yep. Uh, that tells you about his life. How do you know it's true? Um Good question. Yeah, man, right? Good question. Getting at the nature of uh, existence and how we know what we know. You also don't know Kanye. Yeah. Most likely you don't know Kanye in person. Right. So But what if you had uh, let's say several people that wrote biographies on Kanye? And they seem to line up, for the most part. Then I would probably believe it, because the majority. Yeah, man. Right. So, what if I told you there are four, not one, but four ancient biographies, eyewitnesses to Jesus' ministry and his life, Mm. and they seem to all come to the same conclusion and talk about the same events what would you say about those biographies and about jesus as a person i would believe them and i would say that jesus as a person was probably exactly how they explained it because he was a good and kind and loving human being and also and a god so yeah he is god so yeah man amen amen so you know and, and and a lot of what we get in fact all of what we get about jesus comes from the bible now yes we do have these four uh, ancient biographies who were written by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And uh, they all have it. One of the requirements for uh, something to be in the Bible was that it has what's called apostolic authority, which means like one of the apostles, one of the people that walked with Jesus, that were actually eyewitnesses to his right. life and his ministry. 
Um, this is true for all the books of the Bible. They had to have that apostolic authority associated with them. Now you have Jude and James, who were actually Jesus' biological brothers uh, through Mary and Joseph, but uh, or maybe biological half brothers. But um, you know, so they they walked with Jesus. You know, they weren't regularly with the group. In fact, it seems like from John's account that his brothers weren't believers until after the resurrection. Uh, but you also have one other book in the Bible who we aren't 100% sure who wrote it, the book of Hebrews, but it seems to be written under the uh, authority of the Apostle Paul. So mm-hmm. basically all of the New Testament books were written by somebody who had seen uh, or experienced Jesus. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, Matthew and John actually walked with Jesus. Mark was the uh, companion, the, 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 the family member of Peter, the apostle. So mm-hmm. we think he was kind of authoritative. And then Luke was the traveling companion of the apostle Paul. So we, in the case of the Gospels, which are the books that actually tell us uh, about Jesus' life, we have these four ancient accounts. And um, these ancient biographies seem to be authentic because we actually have manuscripts of them that go back pretty close to the original copies. Right. Pretty close. We don't have the original copies that they penned, but they're very close. Within a few decades, we've got uh, a fragment, for example, of John's gospel that actually goes back to the first century. So to me, that adds a certain level of credibility. So if someone were to say, how do you know Jesus existed? Well, one reason we know Jesus existed is because we have four ancient biographies. Right. How do you feel about that, Don? Do you, does it give you a... Well, does it boost your faith at all? One thing is that uh, when you look through the Bible and you read like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, yeah. and they all run pretty close consecutively, but you even go into Acts, and when Jesus went into the upper room after he rose from the dead, yeah. and doubting Thomas, seen him, yeah. I mean, and he doubted that he even arose, and he was one of his followers, and then all the people that were up in that room, the Marys and all the apostles and all them, they all seen him. So it's to me, it's more than just the Gospels that say that he existed and that he rose from the dead. You even have it in Acts. And then it's mentioned again throughout the Bible. The Old Testament even talks about him and what he's going to do and the signs of the Messiah. So there's so many things that point to him. And how was everything going to line up exactly if he is not God? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so... I mean, very much uh, something that I think is important to, uh, we see we see a, a harmony. Sometimes right. you'll hear about the harmony of the Gospels. Um, there are alleged contradictions. And when I say alleged, there's things like, um, you know, one, one thing I saw somebody criticize one time, this is just one, there's people that, that criticize the order of events that are, and uh, the and the way that you see them appear in the Gospels, and there's there could be reasons for that as well. Um, it could be because there was theological intent behind the different Gospel writers. It does seem like sometimes uh, there are situations where the event appears here in Matthew and it appears here in Luke, like mm-hmm. in a different order. But uh, that just could be because they're getting at different theological um, uh, points. They're 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 taking their 
account of Jesus' life in a, uh, I guess, in a, in a different place, in a different, uh, they're taking it in a different direction and trying to show different things. Matthew is showing his audience that Jesus is the Jewish Messiah. Uh, Mark seems to be more concerned with the fact that he's talking about, uh, you know, it, they call it the action gospel. It's just that there's not a lot of the teachings of Jesus in it, but it's like more like boom, boom, boom. It goes from one thing to the next. I'm, I'm one also that thinks that they were written in the order of Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, just like tradition says that they were. But, um, but you know, there's, there's reasons for certain things. One of the things I heard somebody say one time is, uh, you know, you know the Bible isn't true because, you know, Jesus says not to lie, and the Ten Commandments say not to lie, but Jesus said that he wasn't going to go to the feast, and with his, his family said that he should go to the feast, and he said he wasn't going to go to the feast, and then he went to the feast later on that night, and and so it's like Jesus, he lied, you know, and it's like, no, Jesus didn't lie, dude. He changed he just, his mind. He changed his mind. He decided he didn't want to go. His brothers also wanted him to go display himself for the world. Mm-hmm. They wanted him to go on, in today's language, social media. And they wanted him to present himself for everyone to see. And that wasn't, it wasn't his time. Jesus came to do a certain thing. He came to die for the sins of the world. He didn't come to get a bunch of followers on TikTok or Instagram. Sorry, Anthony. I know you love TikTok. But, um, you know, Jesus was not uh, obviously going against his nature. Some of these supposed contradictions, in my opinion, are just people being stupid. Well, here's I a, mean, they're just they're literally people being stupid. Well, here's the other thing. Yeah, the three of us could watch a car accident. You'll have a different aspect. Yeah. You'll have a different aspect, and I'll have a different aspect of that accident. Yeah, we've all seen the same thing, but we have a different opinion of why and how and how it went together. So I look at it that way. But you got four people looking at the same thing. They're going to be a little bit different than the other. Yeah. And it's just the way it is. And it, it actually, that's how you know that it's true. I mean, if, if it was too concise. Cookie cutter. You would assume that, that there was something, mm-hmm. uh, some foul play involved. And right. That, that, it's not that, cookie cutter. There was it's, collaboration and yeah. they all got together and rehearsed their story. But when somebody witnesses a tragic, a car accident, you've got different perspectives. Emotionally, they're all, you know, inter- yeah. interact with it. Is is one person not telling the story correctly? No, they're all telling it from their vantage point of what happened, and so that's one of the really cool things that you see about the Gospels and why we think that they have a harmony. But they do all have the same points; uh, they share many of the same stories, uh, and um, so it was clear, even in, especially in the case of Mark and Luke, that they were building upon Matthew. Uh, that there was a you know one that they already had seen, and they were sort of building upon that. Uh, those first three Gospels are often called the Synoptic Gospels, which is Greek for seen together. Uh, so, uh, because typically they have the, uh, there's events there that look the same, and Wasn't it looks Luke like they borrowed off of one of one another. Yes, Luke was a doctor, and Luke um, actually says in the beginning of his Gospel, so he was a traveling companion of the Apostle Paul. But he actually says, I set out to give you an orderly account. Now, his could mean, uh, why, what, where Luke says that in the beginning, that his is the only account of Jesus' life that is actually ordered in the order that it went. Um, and I've heard people make that case before. You know, whereas Matthew's getting at some, more, some other theological issues, and he's telling you, you know, for example, if the Gospels seem to be out of order, and whether it's intentional or not, does it do anything to uh, the truth claim no. that they that they make. No, it, no. it doesn't, right? Because right. 
Um, because if I'm telling somebody about the events of the last 30 years of my life, right? I may not tell all, I mean, to be honest with you, I might not tell everything in order. Right. You know, I mean, if I'm telling them that it was in order, yeah, then I'm mistaken. Right. But I don't think that's the case with the gospels. And exactly. I think there is also a uh, sort of a theological bent to mm-hmm. what they're getting at. So, um, you know, to me, that's that's kind of what's what's going on there. But uh, without any further delay, there are other things to discuss. So there there are four ancient uh, accounts of Jesus' life, and if I can get my phone to cooperate with me here, uh, those four ancient biographies give us proof. I think that the resurrection happened because there was four ancient accounts all say that they saw and witnessed mm-hmm. the resurrection re- resurrected Jesus. Now. You can say, well, these were just written by believers or allegedly written by believers, but you have Jewish and pagan writers. This is number two. Jewish and pagan writers. I will also link this article in the description uh, if you would be interested in seeing it. It's on the Gospel Coalition's website. Pagan and Jewish writers report that Christians believed Jesus rose from the dead. So we know, in fact, that in that first century, followers of Jesus believed that Jesus rose from the dead. Okay. Right. So it's just it's just a piece of evidence that doesn't mean that they in fact that he in fact did rise from the dead, you know, lock solid proof that's not the smoking gun. But we're just co- sort of piecing things together here uh based on similar to what you would do in a court of law. And I know Anthony, your dad is a uh he's a lawyer, right? Yeah. So he would he would make some cases uh in a court of law. I'm sure he would try to reason with people. Um, if someone was guilty of a crime of some sort, you know, a bad guy, he would try to piece together evidence that says that this person did the crime yeah. or that they're innocent, right? right? So that's kind of yeah. what we're doing here, right? Right. Similar? So, um, so that's all we're doing. So, there, so, you know, we're saying, okay, there's these ancient accounts that Jesus rose from the dead, and the fact that there were people in that time that know that the Christians believed that Jesus rose mm-hmm. from the dead outside of the people of God. Even pagan historians explain how people believe, Jesus' followers believe that he rise from the dead is important, and there's several of those. You can look those up online if you like. Number three, many of the principal eyewitnesses to the resurrection of Jesus died because of their claim that Jesus was resurrected. Now, I think this is an important one. Um, Anthony, I'd like to, do you, do you mind that I call you Anthony? I know a lot, a lot of people call you Lanzo, but I always feel weird when yeah, I'm around your parents okay. because, you know, their Anthony. last name is Lanzo as well. So, yeah, you can call me Anthony. okay. All right. That's my name is Anthony too. So. so, you know, if we're looking at the fact that many of these people died, they died mm-hmm. for, for what they believed in. Mm-hmm. Um, if this was just some sort of weird experience that they had. You could make an argument. Well, Jesus' followers were caught up in a hysteria, and they think that he rose from the dead. It was some kind of mystical experience, not necessarily based in reality. But would they really die for that? Would you die for something that you ultimately know not to be true? And so I'm thinking if, so so we're piecing this together again. Ancient accounts tell us, multiple ancient accounts tell us Jesus rose from the dead. Uh, people outside of the, the people of faith, okay, uh, 
other sources tell us that Jesus' followers believe he was raised from the dead. And now we know from history as well that those same followers died. Many of them died. In fact, yeah. all of the 12 apostles died, except for John. He was, they tried to kill him, and he ultimately uh, survived it, where he went on to be exiled mm-hmm. and write and receive the, the book of Revelation. Didn't they boil him in oil or something? Yeah, there's two different accounts that they tried to boil him in oil and uh, poison, poison him. him. We're, not, uh, we're not exactly sure uh, which, which one there. But so they stuck him on the Isle to, of Patmos. So they stuck him on the Isle of, of Patmos, yeah. And uh, that's where he received the, the book, of, what we now know as the book of Revelation. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, so he's the only one. The rest of them all died, mm-hmm. including Jesus and the apostle Paul. So these heroes that we have, and I, I talked a lot about this in my series, Mean Jesus, they were a different breed. Oh, definitely. We go to church, and we want a nice, cute little church and so on. But these people transformed culture. Mm-hmm. They were willing to die for their faith. And, and I think that says something about uh, it, it's, it's one reason to point to Jesus' resurrection and give it a second look and say, well, maybe this happened. Right. What do you think, Anthony? Um, the fact that they uh, all died. Like, the fact that they all died, I feel like yeah. it was just opinion based on the people who killed them. Okay. You know? Right? So, not even opinion based. I feel like they're just trying to si- uh, silence, like, Christianity and stuff back then. Yeah, for sure. But, I mean, if we're looking at, you know, again, like, like you know, we're trying to, we're lawyers and we're trying to build a case for something. Right. And we look and, and we say, these people, the critics, the people who are trying to silence the people who are maybe non-believers and they think, you know, they're playing devil's advocate or they're being the skeptic. And they're saying, I don't think Jesus really rose from the dead. And, and they give they give a variety of reasons why uh, his followers, you know, did what they did. But, um, but ultimately they died for what they believed in. And so I guess our point is that, yeah, people can say whatever they want about someone else, but ultimately if, if you're that serious about it, like if I die for it. that you're going to die for something. I mean, to me, that sort of goes in the category of like maybe they were telling the truth. Yeah, because right. I mean, these days being a Christian, like I know I, I love God and everything, but you know the extent that they went to, I don't yeah. know if I would go to that extent. Yeah, man. But it, you know, at the same time, if you saw. Jesus, you walked with him. Oh, of course, I would go to that. You know, like, and, and the thing is, like, you're you're uh, kind of you know a little bit you're younger and you're new in the the Christian experience, so to speak. I like to think that I would die for Jesus tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I mean, that I'm right. I'm that savage and hardcore. Amen. But uh, you know, and and you, you, it's it's a walk of faith, and of course, you know, we would never want somebody to um, to have to die for Jesus. Uh, but the reality is, like. If you look at Jesus himself, he was murdered. Yeah. The whole early church, I mean, they were, you, you read the, 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 the ancient accounts, they were thrown to lions in right. the Colosseum. Um, there's one quote, I don't remember who said it from my days of seminary and so on, but it's an ancient quote that they lit the night sky with the uh, burning corpses of Christians. Yeah, I've heard that wow. before. Like, that's how many they were persecuting them and how frequently they were doing this. So, you know, again, if we're just, if we're just sort of analyzing the truthfulness of whether or not Jesus rose from the dead, I would say this falls into the category of, wow, maybe they were telling the truth. 
because not just one, there wasn't just one crazy nut job. Paul, he was crazy. <laughs> Paul was nuts, right? He was like me. Well, to live as Christ and to uh, die as gain. Right. I mean, that, that guy was an extremist, right? But not just Paul. Peter, James, John, Matthew. Matthew, I think, was beheaded. I um, think he was. Thomas was run through with a spear in India. Wow. Like trying to share the gospel with people in India. Uh, James, I believe, I, I could be butchering this, was crucified on an X cross. Mm-hmm. And, I know one was. Yeah, so there's Who these different... crucified upside down? Oh, you know what? I'm, I'm wrong about James. See? I knew I would get one wrong, Anthony. <laughs> James was actually killed uh, in the book of Acts. Um, oh, no. Did I say he was beheaded? Or, no, I said he... Okay. Yeah, anyways, James was killed by Herod in Acts, in the book of Acts. John's brother, James. But anyways, the point is they all died for what they believed in. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we would say this fits into the category of it's, this is, uh, seems like maybe they were telling the truth. It's a, it's a proof. We're putting two and two together. Again, we're sort of attorneys approaching this topic and going, did this really happen? Did uh, Jesus really rise from the dead? Well, there's four ancient accounts. It seems like outside sources also at least admit that people believed um, that Jesus' followers believed that he rose from the dead. It, it also seems like uh, many of the principal eyewitnesses went on to be martyred. Okay, so there's that as well. So they were sold on this idea. They were all in. Um, so that you know seems to be a proof as well. Um, okay, and I'm going to actually skip point number four where it talks about John's particular gospel. And uh, he, he just talks, uh, I guess the article talks about that being important because John was there at the uh, crucifixion. He was the one that actually stayed with Jesus through the whole thing. So we know that we have the eyewitness, not just of somebody that witnesses earthly ministry, but at the last few hours of his uh, first life before he rose and conquered death. Uh, number five, the historical evidence shows that the grave was empty. Mm-hmm. All right, so... If, you, if you're a lawyer and you're analyzing this, by the way, a great book on this topic is The Case for Christ mm-hmm. by Lee Strobel. It was, it was written, there's actually a movie about him on Netflix. If you're not a reader and you just want to watch the movie, it's called, I think the movie's called The Case for Christ, and it's his story. He was an atheistic journalist who set out to disprove the Bible like 40 years ago. And then proved it. And proved it. I mean, you tell me that's not crazy. Yeah. So he, he wrote this whole book about it called The Case for Christ. Well, that just shows you what God can do. Yeah. Completely change a person's opinion. Yeah. Amen, my friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so if, if you're a lawyer and you're looking at this historical evidence, which is what Lee Strobel was doing in his book um, and why he ultimately was won over, and you're looking, you're going, okay, we ha- these ancient sources that we have, we know that they're very reliable, uh, these gospel narratives. Maybe these people were smoking drugs or something, and they came up with this crazy story. Well, they're all coming up with the same story, mm-hmm. and they're all willing to die in die for what they're telling you, uh, almost like they know that you know they will receive something better from God <laughs> if their life is taken away from them, uh, just like Jesus. See, that's one of the beautiful things about the gospel and the resurrection as we know that we will be raised like Christ was raised mm. because of our Amen. faith in him. But you have these little historical pieces that uh, just kind of fit. And the evidence shows that the grave was empty. We know this because of the response of the soldiers and the Jewish authorities because they tried to promote this lie that the body was stolen by his disciples. But if that were true, again, if you're just piecing things together, and the body was stolen by the disciples, would they have died? 
No. No. No, you wouldn't have died for something you know is a lie. And maybe one of them would, but all of them in the whole early church, and I don't, I don't think so. So so there is that. A lot of uh, followers, too, died Yeah, for Christ. Right. Yeah. And that was way after the apostles. Yeah. The thing that gets me is about the tomb. They set two guards outside the tomb. Yeah. And I think it was the Jewish, I think they were Jewish guards. I don't know if they're Roman guards or Jewish guards. But I do know back in that day, if you fell asleep and your prisoner got away, they killed you. Yeah. Well, when they found a stone rolled away, I mean, these guys passed out. They come and they tell them about it. And they say, here, here's some money. Just get out of town. Don't say nothing. That didn't happen back then. Yeah. They'd have killed them. Right. So right there, they're paying them off for lying? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So you've just proved it. Yeah. You should go to law school. That's what it is when you get old. <laughs> I don't want you to do that because then you could sue me for chaining you in the chair. You know? <laughs> So, I was thinking uh, about that. So number six, there are, not counting Paul, 11 recorded times that Jesus appeared to people proving that he was resurrected. This is not counting Paul. But Paul also references in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 an event on which he appeared to 500 people at one time. Yeah, Mentioning man. he appeared to the apostles, he appeared to his brothers, mm-hmm. and he appeared on one occasion to 500 people at one time. So we don't even have every recorded incident of Jesus' appearances, his post-resurrection appearances to people, uh, showing himself to be true. He, he, he proved to people. Uh, you could look at Doubting Thomas, too. Mm-hmm. What, what about the story? Do you know about the story of Doubting Thomas, Anthony? No. You don't? No. So, so Thomas, have you ever heard of Doubting Thomas before? No. Okay. Because so, sometimes people will say, you're a Doubting Thomas. If, you're, if, you're, if you doubt... If you mm-hmm. doubt Jesus, if you have, like, if you don't... Anything, If you doubt anything, yeah. Sometimes people will refer to that as a, as a doubting Thomas. We don't really use that in, uh, in our generation. Okay. <laughs> well, you, you probably have heard it before. You're He's just... 14. He, ha- he hasn't been around, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. He's a younger dude. Yeah, so basically, like, so D- Thomas was the one disciple that just didn't believe. So Thomas was one of the 12 disciples, and he, he basically he made this statement, because Jesus appeared to the rest of them before Thomas. Uh, he, Thomas was he was absent when Jesus mm-hmm. appeared to all of them. So they're all telling him about it, and he says, "Until I see it and put my hand in his side and in his wounds in his hands, mm-hmm. I won't believe." And so, what do you think Jesus did about that? Any thoughts? Showed himself. He did. Mm-hmm. He did, because God's merciful, right? So he, so that's typically referred to as doubting Thomas, somebody who's a doubter. They'll sometimes call him a doubting Thomas. In, friend, in fact, my friend Ryan Morrow, who uh, uh, I just showcased on our uh, program a few weeks back, uh, talking about Mount Sinai and his journey, he actually runs what's called the Doubting Thomas Research Foundation mm, that's right. for people like himself who have questions. They're still people of faith, but just, just has questions. So they call it, you know, Doubting Thomas. So, But basically, Jesus appears to Thomas, and, and he says, here, put your hand here mm-hmm. and check it out. See that it's real. And so Thomas believes, and uh, so he's you know, typically referred to as Doubting Thomas. But I would say Doubting Thomas is actually an evidence that the Jesus story is real, because mm-hmm. look at Thomas's faith. He goes on to be run through with a spear while sharing the gospel in India, right? Right. So, I mean, that's... that's uh, I would say that that's a tr- an extraordinary oh, yeah. step of faith. Um, Definitely. 
So again, the, the people that believed and that talked about Jesus and that died talking about this resurrection thing, um, they were sold out on it. And Thomas, of all people, he was a skeptic, but he ultimately died for this whole resurrection story. So I think something that points to it being true. Numbers, uh, what were, where are we at here? There are, oh yeah, uh, 11 recorded times that Jesus appeared to people. Okay, so just there was lots of appearances. That was point number six. Point number seven, in the very place where Jesus died and was buried, there was an explosion of growth in the Christian movement. Now, we know this for a historical fact. Of course, it took some 300 years before Christianity overtook the Roman Empire. But historically... There was an explosion of growth in this Christian movement from that place um, that's chronicled for us in the book of Acts. Now, the book of Acts, is it appears directly following John's gospel. It's technically a follow-up to Luke's gospel. It was written by Luke, and uh, it, it goes on basically to describe the whole early church. It's telling you about 30 years of church history culminating in Paul's visit to Rome where he's taken the gospel to the, the capital of the known world. And, you know, the point of the book of Acts is, is that Jesus has, uh, he's conquered the world. Uh, the, God, the early church had preached the gospel. They had proclaimed the gospel to all people. They had fulfilled the Great Commission. So that's kind of the point there. Uh, but there was an explosion of growth. So again, you know, getting to, if we're looking at historical evidences, reasons why we might think Christianity is true, there was a whole lot of people who believed in this thing that, uh, you might be calling a lie or a myth of some sort, many of whom lost their lives to share their truth, which is really the truth. Right, Don? Yeah. And if you look at uh, Paul, he goes and he's on his way to Damascus yeah. with some soldiers, and he's going there to pro- uh, prosecute and even kill Christians. And what's he get? He gets struck down on the road to Damascus, and Christ appears to him and said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He wasn't persecuting Jesus himself. He was persecuting the church. And what happened with him? He totally changed. He was sold out to Jesus Christ, and he went wild preaching. I mean, he went exactly 180 degrees the opposite way Um, to stand up for Jesus Christ, who he was killing people that believed in Jesus Christ, not more than a few weeks prior to that. Yeah. So, So, yeah. So, I mean, similar to Thomas, I mean, with Paul, you have somebody that just wasn't a doubter, but he was a straight up persecutor of the church. I mean, killing people, killing people until Mm -hmm. Jesus appeared to him and changed him. So you have that as well. Uh, number eight is that the death and resurrection of Jesus was not a random event. In other words, um, Jesus himself predicted that he would die by the crucifixion. So, again, this gets back to the whole, who is Jesus, liar, lunatic, or Lord? Well, if he's liar or lunatic, his prophecies aren't going to come true. Right. But they did. Uh, Jesus himself predicted these events. So, I mean, this wasn't just some sort of random happening this was meant to be the way that it was, which flows right into points 9 and 10, and I'm going to kind of package these together because I feel like they're the same thing. But the death and resurrection of Jesus also took place in the context of centuries of prophecy that such a Messiah would come from God, die, and rise. And so point number 10 says that the resurrection of Jesus took place in the context of this overarching story. So basically the the point of this, this is that... Jesus, uh, he said these things, and the Old Testament, if you look at the the story that the Bible tells us about how sin entered the world, 
and how death came through sin. It goes on to explain that we need to have uh, some kind of solution for that. And so you're constantly, in, in the Old Testament, they have these shadows, these pictures of Jesus before Jesus came mm-hmm. in their sacrificial system with the lamb. And then finally, at the end of all that, it culminates in the coming of God to his people where he dies. The blood of those bulls and goats and, and rams couldn't take away the, the sin of Israel. Only the blood of Messiah could. Right. And so all of that, stuff that took place before Jesus came in the Old Testament, those were just pictures and shadows of, of what would come later. And so that's the context into which Jesus dies and is resurrected. It's in that context of that sort of bigger story that has thousands of years of historical events tied to it. it, it it's a beautiful picture of the gospel. We talk about the gospel all the time on this program, um, our ministry is called Gospel Ministries. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Well, what is the gospel? It's that Christ came, was crucified, and conquered death when we deserve death. And when you look at the overarching picture that Scripture gives us, Jesus was imputed into this time. And then there's also all these prophecies, these intricate prophecies that he fulfilled oh, yeah. in the context of his life and ministry. So it you know, there's, there's just all these different pieces that come together that show you this just wasn't some random event, but it was a, a God happening. Right. It was something that God did. Well, thousands of years before Christ, yes. there was prophecies about him. And, and yes. And so, you know, you've got the, the, the uh, Isaiah, the prophet, you've mm-hmm. got Jeremiah, you've got, you've got all the prophets. As early as, as Genesis, Moses talks mm-hmm. about the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent. Right. So, um you know, so Jesus is is the fulfillment of uh, of all this prophecy. But uh, Anthony, I wanted to hear from you, man. Uh, what are your What are your thoughts on all this stuff here? I know that uh, I know you love Jesus. I know he's impacted your life uh, enough to identify with him. I don't know if you ever thought about this, but you know what baptism symbolizes when you go down under the water. Yeah, it symbolizes that you died. Like Jesus died. And then you came back to life once you came. And then you came back to life. Yeah, man. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on kind of this stuff about the proof of, like, you're a Christian and, you know, some skeptic comes to you and they're hitting you with, oh, Jesus didn't even exist, you know? I mean, how do you feel about some of the stuff we're talking about here? Um, I would start, I wouldn't, well, I wouldn't start an argument. I just try to Yeah, sure. I would just try to avoid those people. Yeah. Kind of, because... But how would you respond? I mean, would you like? like would you would you like try would, to reason with somebody maybe and say, well, maybe it's, uh, I maybe okay, it's maybe pre- maybe there is some evidence. I would present you know? them. I would present them with a with another question, like, okay, what about this? And then I'd, I'd say a verse, and then yeah, I'd ask them about that, and I'd probably just walk away because that would yeah. get them thinking about, wait, what if I'm wrong? You yeah, know? that's what probably I yeah. would present. You know? Yeah. No, it's good, man. That's a good. Uh, I like it. That's a good. That's a good uh, apologetic. It's a good way of, of uh, you know, trying to reach out to other people and be an evangelist and, and share your faith. Yeah, it's, it's I only think it's because, cool. like, this world is kind of, like, I mean, it's been corrupted, but it's pretty corrupted right now. Yeah. And if you say even one thing about your opinion, and yeah. which, which, like, presenting the question itself would be your opinion, but I'm saying, like, if you try to argue with them, it's not going to end well because it's just yeah. going to be back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and you have to end it with a question about the Bible. So yeah. That's... Amen, my friend. Mm-hmm. I like it. 
I like it. So, uh, yeah, so I, I hope that that was encouraging to you as well. And, you know, there uh, we went through, I guess, some proofs. I don't know if you ever thought about that before. The proofs. How do you prove an event that happened 2,000 years ago? I mean, it, it does sound just kind of, and, and to your point, you know, that's where you can get into arguments with people sometime. And we don't want to, uh, you know, we're not necessarily telling you to argue or, or anything like that. But, uh, you know, maybe... If you've got a hater coming in your face and they're, you know, I don't think Jesus existed. Well, have you ever thought about, uh, you know, the fact that there's four ancient biographies that point to his life existing, right? And we know, we know Kanye's real, right, Anthony? Yeah. Yeah. Kanye's real. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) If, uh, if Kanye can be real, then Jesus can be real, you know, but uh, I want to take a moment and pray for you. And we always like to close in prayer here. So, I just want to pray that God grows your faith, because that's what Get Real was all about. Uh, We really wanted to look at the Bible and show you the amazing truth of the Bible, which all culminates in the topic that we discussed today, the resurrection of of the Messiah, the one that was prophesied about since sin and death entered the world. Uh, it's good news. And so I want to pray, Lord God, in, in Jesus' name right now, Lord God, I want to pray for the one that is listening to you right now. Yes, Lord. Uh, Lord, we want to pray that you open hearts, you open eyes, not to just some crazy myth, but to the truth about your son that is presented in the pages of Scripture. We Amen. thank you that this is a true story, God. We thank you that it is an incredible message of good news, of God's peace proclaimed to the hostile world, Lord, that uh, in many ways has rejected you, walked away from you, God, but you still love them. You still love us. You loved us enough to die for us, God, and we thank you. That's the message. So we pray that that message is received in Jesus' name. We pray that people are blessed, and we pray that that gospel just rocks their world, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, that is it. Uh, we are done. And uh, Anthony, thank you for, for being with us here today, man. You're welcome. I didn't talk that much, but you're welcome. Oh, you, you said plenty, man. And Don, it was a pleasure. Oh, same uh, here. I, I hide the chain really well so you can't see it. It's there, though. It's under my shirt. It's there. So, hey, we hope you were blessed by this series. Uh, it was really all meant to help you get real about your faith so that God can become more real to you. We hope that that happened. We hope we gave you in this episode some proofs uh, of the resurrection, that it is true, and uh, that you can just believe that your faith can be encouraged. We love you in Jesus, and we will see you next time, friends. God bless.